All right, welcome, listener, once again to another edition of Footy from the Foot, the podcast coming to you close to the home of football in San Diego, the Bluefoot Neighbourhood Bar and Lounge, in the heart of San Diego's glittering North Park. I'm your co-host, I'm your co-host Paul Hutchinson, and I'm joined, as is customary right now, uh, by the miracle of the internet, by the director of football at Bluefoot, Rodney Stiles. How are you doing, sir? I'm very well, Paul. Yourself? Um, yes, not too bad. Yeah, we just had a bit of an on-air, off-air rant, rather, and yeah. so we're, we're all riled up all here. So yeah. we're ready to go. <laughs> all right, who's next? Yeah. Defcon four. <laughs> was it Defcon one? I can't remember which way around it is. <laughs> there are some games to look forward to, and we will do that. So um, oh. we'll do a little bit of a, a preview of the Bundesliga that starts up this weekend again. So that's exciting. Um, but um, as there is. Uh, Precious little else to be getting on with. Uh, we'll we'll also uh, look at some of the news that's happened. Also, uh, we'll get the randomizer out again. And we have uh, Mount Rushmore this week of uh, great managers, the greatest managers. So, and uh, yeah, any other business uh, to round up with. And uh, yeah, that'll just about do us, I think. Um, mm-hmm. As always, we want you to get involved. Footy from the foot gmail.com and at footy from foot on Twitter and Instagram and uh, Facebook. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, and uh, YouTube as well, periodically, I suppose. Um, and our website is footyfromthefoot.com. All right. So, um, anything you've done football-related or um, have seen this week that uh, you particularly want to kind of raise right now? No, I wasn't one of the, the two or three million people who turned in on the computer for the South Korean League. All right. Yeah. I, I didn't really fancy it, if I'm being totally honest. So. All right. Yeah. I, actually, I like a world with no soccer at the moment or football. It's um, I seem less stressed, not worrying about it. You, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. uh, they've gone eight weeks straight without losing. I, I, you know what? The best run we've been on for a while. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely delighted. Yeah. Um, and you might get a playoff for the relegation, which will be unbelievable. Well, really? Oh, I've not seen that. Okay. Right. So they're talking about doing playoffs and relegation and promotion in the oh, football league. Really? Yeah, that's a big proposal now. The only reason I kind of uh, sort of am wary of that is that um, the last time the team that was just above the relegation zone and the three teams below the promotion uh, places in the lower league that's they right. played off, and Bolton yeah. were involved in that. Uh, that's like the first year of playoffs. It kicked off last time because Bolton lost. We got relegated. Somebody else got promoted, whoever it was. Oh, wow. But, uh, yeah, it kicked off. So um, that's why I'm a little bit uh, wary of, uh, of having that kind of idea happen. Yeah. Um, I hadn't heard that, honestly. But uh, okay. I, I heard hear that one this morning So from the UK. So, yeah, whether, I mean, it, everybody's just throwing their, their two pen and four fair, aren't they, for these proposals and stuff. Um, I've also read this morning that the, the Norwich manager said if the, if the championship doesn't finish their season, they would do a legal case about being relegated. Yeah, yeah. Norwich. <laughs> oh no! All emotional about uh, Norwich going down there. Sorry. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did hear that, uh, I, and I, I think we maybe touched on this last last time that I can't see the way that they are proposing to do stuff right now it would warrant anybody going down and indeed the the French team or one of the French teams that was relegated just like they called the league and this is where you ended up um, or something wasn't it yeah they yeah. taken it to court yeah, yeah. taken it to start a legal battle yeah which um 
that's going to be the case, I think, for a lot of things now. I absolutely 100% think so. Anybody, any team that have got a, even a reasonable t- a chance, uh, a mathematical, or as my dad would say, an arithmetical chance of staying up, <laughs> um, I, I think they would 100% might take that to court. And I suspect they would win. Yeah, and then you go if they cancel the seasons, you've already got fans saying, "Do I get a refund for my season ticket?" Yeah, <laughs> I can't see that. I mean, you might get refunds for the games that you've not got, for sure. but not for the ones that you've, you know, if you've, you've used the facilities and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm just glad we're not in charge, Paul. <laughs> what a headache! <laughs> no, indeed. Yeah, just I also read as well about the tackling and training that the players have to turn their face away, which. I don't, I don't understand it. If it, if it, just don't do it. <laughs> Let's yeah. stop it for a while. Do you know what I mean? How can you retrain somebody to move their face away? Yeah. The proposals are ridiculous. I really, it'd be interesting to see what happens in Germany this week. Yeah. I, I know they haven't done their second round of fixtures yet because they want to see how this weekend goes. So, and they've they've held back on that just to see how it goes. I think it's Dresden as well who are in lockdown again now. They've had to cancel their fixture in the in right. the second division. Well, I'd heard that there's going to be no tackling at all in, in training, that all, all right. the sort of protocols and things involved not even attempting to tackle. So that's going to be a weird one. I know that Danny Rose has been pretty vocal about not coming back. I think he addressed the idea of it being a morale boost for the country that football's back. And he's like, I don't give two hoops about whether it's going to boost morale or not. I, I just want to make sure that I'm healthy. <laughs> Especially as um, BAME players could potentially be more at risk to COVID-19. Very underplayed or underreported sort of thing, I think. so. Totally. Um, yeah. You came out with a bit more forceful even than that, by the way. Oh, I think so. Yeah, no, I, I, I did the PG-13 uh, version of all of that. I get his outburst, though, because I, I'm in the same boat. I don't understand this whole, it'll lift morale. No. I, that doesn't sit with me at all. I, I think it's a lie. As I said to you, I think on the phone a couple of days ago, it, it doesn't lift my morale thinking we're going to lose 3 0 on the weekend. I'd rather <laughs> not have it. <laughs> Here's a seven o'clock on a Saturday morning and lose, watching my team lose and have nobody to talk to about it could actually damage me more. Than... Yeah, the mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, he said that uh, it's too early for sport in the capital right now. He also said that like, I think June the 1st is the earliest they could even contemplate setting a kind of sport going. I don't uh, see it happening anytime soon. I mean, but then you look at the UK, how it's opened up so quickly. We'll probably have games in two weeks. <laughs> Who knows? I know. La Liga is aiming for the, a June 12th start as well. Uh, there's still no word from La Liga. Uh, sorry, from uh, Serie A. In summary, no one knows. Really. No one knows, yeah. Speculation, speculation, speculation. All right. Well, shall we... Uh, Crank up the randomizer. Maybe just two or three questions today. And yeah, sounds good, my friend. All right. Okay, and ooh, question eleven. Question eleven is football footballers in cameos on film. <laughs> you can start this one. <laughs> All right, I can start this one. So, um, in terms of People have actually turned their careers into acting. I think like Eric Cantona. I think he was in one of the Elizabeth films. And he was, he was, he was okay in that, I think, wasn't he? Yeah. He's also in a, a, a film called Looking for Eric, in which he has to play himself. So, you know, not a, a great deal of... Vinnie uh, uh, Jones. Vinnie <laughs> Jones. I mean, again, basically playing himself. You know, he's been in over 60 movies, Vinnie Jones. 
I mean, fair, fair play to him, to be honest, you know. Oh, the eyebrows were raised with lock, stock and two smoking barrels, weren't they? I mean, and he was good in that, wasn't he? I mean, again, not a great deal away from uh, from type, I don't think, but, uh, no. <laughs> you know, he... Played it very well. <laughs> played extremely well. And then basically the same sort of role in Snatch, wasn't he? Yeah. I think he was in the remake of Gone in 60 Seconds as well with John yeah. Travolta. Was it John? No, Nicolas Cage. He was in that. I don't think he spoke in the film. I was going to say, I don't think he actually yeah. said a, <laughs> a single word in that, though, did he? So, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so that, yeah. So that audition went well. That was well. <laughs> <laughs> also, and kind Cole of. Campbell was in Snatch or Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels as well. Did you know this? He, well, I only know that from you saying so. Right. Uh, and he played a bouncer, was it? Bouncer going into one of the the, the clubs, yeah. So, right. okay. The other, the other really bizarre one is Stan Collymore is in Basic Instinct Two, isn't he? Do you, do you know this? I've never seen the movie. Before. Not me neither. He is the first person to die in that movie, like before the credits. <laughs> He's like, I think Sharon Stone's like first sort of, well. Shag, essentially, right. <laughs> in a car, <laughs> and then I think yeah, he, he uh, yeah, he yeah. gets killed. <laughs> so yeah, I don't. I've never seen the movie. Apparently, it's an absolute dog with fleas. But yeah, totally. <laughs> I don't want to waste my time. But yeah, I didn't like that. That's completely new to me. That one. I think that's brilliant. Collymore. But and, and obviously the greatest cameo is uh, Brian Robson in Joss's Giants. The uh, right, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, brilliant! <laughs> brilliant. Love it. Stan that's tickled me. Now. I'm going to need to find that on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we go for the next question? Question fourteen: Weird, stroke, unusual kits that you have owned. So. I mean, you can can go with uh, teams, uh, your your own team, I suppose. But uh, well, you kind of wouldn't expect you to have owned all of it. I remember watching an international game when I was a lot younger, and it was when Scotland had them weird shorts with the blue band around them. <laughs> yeah, and I made some some remark to my my father about, oh, I don't know if I like them or not. Anyway, the following Christmas, I opened one of my Christmas presents, and lo and behold, is the full Scotland kit with them shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And I never understood why they bought it for me. <laughs> How old were you at this point then, would you have said? Well, you'd have to look back when the kit came out, but I was in my teenage. Yeah, I remember was, was that like an 80 at that time? Yeah, it was before yeah. I moved to Stanford. So I would have been living in the northeast, which was close to Scotland, I suppose. That's the only link I can put that at. But I, I was told, thanks. It was one of those presents and you go, oh, wow, thanks. But <laughs> That's that's I mean that's weird actually, and that brings to mind that my brother somehow had a, a Scotland kit. Right, there's a great picture of <laughs> there's a great picture of me and my brother. He's probably like three years old. I'm five. And right, it's one of those like school pictures that you have to like get all, all dressed up for. My great aunties who lived in Glasgow, yeah, knit, knitted the <laughs> the the lion rampant on the the front of the jersey. Right, with our names on them, I'm gonna to have to. I'm gonna to have to dig that out. Maybe yeah, you are. You are gonna to have to dig that out. <laughs> but they knitted a, a Scotland kit, and it's brilliantly done. It's like the details on it are fantastic. But they knitted it for it. <laughs> I wouldn't want to play in that poem. <laughs> no, indeed. So yeah, and, you know, wet weekend in uh, in Glasgow, you'd be like, two stones <laughs> worth of, uh, <laughs> of rain round with you. And talking of Glasgow, 
I, one of the kits that I somehow persuaded my mum and dad to buy me, I was on holiday up in Whitby, and I don't remember this really garish looking Celtic shirt. It's like different shades of green and right. brown and like a white, back, and it's like all zigzaggy and it's super weird, like a waist strip. Um, and it, it, it's, I mean, it goes down as one of the most distasteful uh, <laughs> kits in all of like, Christmas. Like you've had a big sneezing fit, yeah? <laughs> kind of a little bit, yeah. A little. But also, like at Farnworth Market, you used to be able to get all sorts of weird kits. I had the, and it's a real classic actually, I wish I still had it, the black and red hoops of the QPR away shirt wicked with fly KLM on it. Yeah, wicked that, that's, a, that's a belt, is that? I used to love the, and I tell, I tell you who suited their shirt brilliantly, it was Trevor Sinclair in his heyday at, at, at QPR when he had the dreads coming down to about this length. <laughs> and he used to wear that shirt and it just suited him to the ground. I used to love watching him with his hair in that shirt. And he, whatever, you know what I mean? I've also got the, uh, the Valencia from about four years ago, third kit, which is completely orange. Somebody give that to me a couple of years ago here. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. And I think you've uh, half-inched um, a Chicago Fire uh, shirt from... No, LA Galaxy. Sorry. Yeah, I got that one. And I've also got the Olympicanos shirt that I was given here as well. And, um, yeah, I was going to wear it behind the bar for the UEFA Cup, uh, the Europa League game against Arsenal, which they lost in the last second. I'm, I'm so glad I didn't wear it that day. <laughs> 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 that wouldn't have got that very well at all because I was actually working. I also remember a, a Sunderland shirt I got when I used to live in Chesley Street. Again, we're going back to that era. Yeah. So you have to sew the badge on yourself. Uh -huh. But I never did. <laughs> All right. So you essentially just bought yourself a, a red and white striped shirt. Yeah. And I, I never... Why is the badge not on the shirt? I just could never work out why the badge wasn't on the shirt. But you have to sew it on your shelf, on yourself. This was the middle like lady. a Boy Scout. Like you've, yeah, I've earned my Sunderland badge today. Thank you very much. <laughs> I know times are hard up there, but bloody hell. <laughs> it's like you didn't buy it from Ikea or something, did you? <laughs> yeah, right? They come with a list of instructions. <laughs> one badge, one sewing needle, one cotton. Anyway, there you go. Very good. I think I had an Olympiacos shirt as well, by the way. I, I, I went to, I got Corfu. Like one of those sort of knockoff ones that you see all over the place, I think. But I remember going into a bar wearing it, someone like shaking their head at me, kind of like, yeah. what are you doing wearing that stupid thing? Yeah. I think you must have been a Panathinaikos. Right. <laughs> that one day that yeah. the Panathinaikos fans at the bar and you walk in with that. Brilliant. <laughs> I love it. I also swapped a really good Spurs shirt. This was 19... 94, I was in Tunisia and I was talking to this hotel guy. We actually were having a game of football and um, with a few of the locals. And I swapped a really good Spurs shirt for this Tunisian national shirt that was the worst material that I've ever worn in my life. And it was so heavy and, and itchy. It was just like, <laughs> it was the worst shirt ever. Right. <laughs> and especially in that kind of weather as well. You can't. Uh, horrible. Ooh, horrible shirt. Yeah. It makes me shudder just thinking about it. We'll do, let's do, uh, let's do one more. And, yeah, uh, please. There we go, number nine. Something you don't see in football anymore. Yeah. You don't see muddy goal mouths anymore, do you? Do you know what? I was going to say the same thing. You don't see the horrible pitches, do you? Like, even, like, way down in the pyramid, fields are pretty great, aren't they? Yeah, uh, they, they've sorted that problem out. Yeah, but you remember them, some of them FA Cup third round ties in January? Yeah. When, <laughs> it was just mud. <laughs> uh, teams like 
Cambridge United back in the day, in like the 90s, they would actually, they would train on their own field. So that right. it was like a mud bath for, for, the, for the actual game itself. Because they never actually used any of the turf, did they? They were just going to oh. smash it up into the, into the yeah. channels and just scrap for the ball. But uh, yeah, you don't, you don't get um, like terrible pitches no idea, really. No, you don't see any terrible pitches anymore. And it, and it is actually a case now when, when a team from, say, the Premier League goes to a lower league team in a cup and the pitch is a little bit dodgy. It, I mean, I think Shrewsbury, was it Manchester United going to Shrewsbury? Was it Tramere as well? They played someone, an absolute... I think it was Tramere against United. It was Shrewsbury playing yeah. Liverpool. There was this horrible thing about the pitch, and I was really hoping United were going to get beaten that day. I think they ran out 5 or 6-0. And the things you don't see in football anymore, you, you don't see any big crunching sort of tackles that people could get away with from no. behind and, you know, going through a player. True enough. And that's only a very, very recent thing. Like, even... I've been watching some of the... Uh, Gary Neville soccer box stuff. Have you seen any of that? I haven't seen any of that, no. Um, I think NBC have been putting them on their YouTube channel and been watching. So the idea is that Gary Neville sits with a player and they re-watch games that they were involved in. Okay. And only like, even like about a decade ago, some of the tackles that don't get booked for are pretty kind of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty tasty. Yeah. So you, yeah, absolutely. And this okay. is a very recent memory. The, yeah, the game has become a lot, a lot less. Well, it is aggressive still, but it's be, it's been clamped out a lot more, hasn't it? You get booked for anything now. I was going to say goldmouth scrambles. You don't see a right a good goldmouth scramble anymore. No, like a ping pong game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, with like eighteen bodies like in the six yard box, it's like pinballing around the place. You don't see any of them. No, you don't and see Arsenal in the Champions League anymore. <laughs> there we go. There we go. There's. <laughs> There's the punchline. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm wondering when, when to drop that in. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> there you go. That's the. the you don't see any beer bellies on the pitch anymore either. Do you know what I mean? And um, <laughs> the out of shape sort of football. You know, everybody sort of cut. Well, I think yeah. The last, let's just say, the more solid individuals are like Andy Reid. He was always kind of a fairly solid <laughs> individual, wasn't he? Yeah. Dean Windass. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, Charlie Adam, I suppose, is kind of yeah. the last of them. Troy Deeney's probably a good one now, actually. Who, sorry? Troy Deeney, he probably one who would yeah. go down, have a few pints after the game, sort of old school. And the other thing as well, because of how the goals are constructed these days, you don't get one that kind of, a, a shot that gets jammed in the stanchion. You don't get a, anything like oh, that. Oh, who scored one for England like that? Was it Trevor Brookin? Uh, I mean, very. I, I can't bring it to mind, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember he took a shot, he went into there. The ball actually stayed there, you know what I mean? It was one of those. Yeah, jammed goal, but the, the ball stayed in the first yeah. yeah, jammed in there. Brilliant. Yeah. I remember that one. Cool. But yeah, the right answer there was, of course, Arsenal in the Champions League. <laughs> Shall we leave it there and then we'll come back sure. with our... Um, what are we doing? Oh, yeah, we'll come back and we'll do the Mount Rushmore of Great Managers. All right. Okay, so we're going to do the Mount Rushmore of great managers. Um, and, yeah, do you want to kick off with your first choice? Or what, how do you want to... Do you know what? I'm, 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 I, I know this question is coming up, and I've been thinking all morning when I was walking around doing my exercises, I'd like to give Bill Nicholson a mention because he was the first... I know I'm a Tottenham fan, but he was still the first manager to win the Dublin in England, first manager to win a European trophy in England. Incredible side. 
but I wasn't alive, so I find it hard to pick it. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't actually watch it and witness it firsthand. I think Diego Simone maybe should get a mention. Ooh, all right. Because he, he split up the Madrid-Barcelona sort of cartel, if you want to call it that. He won the, the La Liga. He got to two European Cup finals. They were winning the Champions League final, the first one, 1-0 in the 93rd minute still against Real Madrid. Real Madrid scored the equaliser in the 93rd minute and went on to win the game 4-1. I mean, because there was a period where it was always Atletico and, and Real Madrid's, weren't it, that were in the yeah. final for like a... Yeah. Well, two, two years later, years. they were in the final again. It went to penalties. Ronaldo scored yeah. the winning penalty, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. His first season in 2012-13, he actually won the Europa League. The following season, he won the European Super Cup beating Chelsea 4-1. Mourinho's Chelsea, funny enough. And I just, I think what a marvellous job he's done there. And if he was to speak English, he refuses to learn English. And I think if he was to speak English, what a great manager he'd be here. I know his tactics sometimes infuriate people. But only this season he knocked Liverpool, invincible Liverpool, out of the Champions League. I mean, if there was ever a manager that um, a team plays in the almost a personification of their manager. It's yeah. Simeone's teams. I can't. I don't know whether he's ever not managed at Atletico, but that team is like he has managed, he has managed other teams in Argentina and stuff. Oh, yeah, that that team is, is him. And people are oh, shit footballers. It's only shit football when it's not your team and you're getting beaten by them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Allardyce always used to say it's it's winning football. It's like, winning football, and you know, I'm sure the Atletico Madrid fans are happy when they're winning La Liga, when they're getting to Champions League finals. And I still, I remember that Champions League final in the 93rd minute, but I'm, I'm going off because I'd like him to get a mention. I think, I, it, it pains me to say, I think Arsene Wenger should be one of them. Cool. And it, you know, obviously it pains me to say being a Tottenham fan, but he revolutionised football when he first came to England. I mean, he, he took them, he made them invincibles. We see how hard it is to do that again with Liverpool this season, not being able to do it. I mean, all right, they drew 12 games that season, but they still went the full season. He won doubles, FA You know, the list is endless. Very unlucky in the Champions League final when the keeper got sent off, uh, Jan Lehmann. Mm-hmm. They were winning that game as well till later on when Messi scored, I think he was, and then they went on to win the game, Barcelona. Yeah. He might have stayed there a little bit too long. You know, a lot of fans were happy to see him go. I think a lot of fans would be happy to see him back now before Arteta came in. But um, yeah, and I think he has to be up there because he did revolutionise football. And he even got Tony Adams to score, I think, the last goal when they won the title. No, I think it's a great show. I think you're right that uh, he, he did come in and, and like change the diet and everything, didn't he? Like, yeah. thing. It became more of a science the game, didn't it? Yeah. We're talking about things you don't see in football anymore, the drinking culture and everything. And, it, it very quickly changed when Arsene Wenger came into football. Yeah. And I think it was Steve Bold who put Tony Adams through for that goal against Everton, which had a little two centre-halves. Well, that's it. I mean, and, uh, to go to Arsenal in particular, who are, you know, like the Tuesday club and all that kind of myth of all of that. Yeah, an incredible turnaround there. Yeah, Wenger came in, he changed it all. He also came out with a great phrase, like, you didn't see anything, do you know what I mean, <laughs> on the pitch, which always amused me and angered me at the same time. But Well, like- I'm, I'm going to choose... Uh, fairly, I think probably fairly obviously, a, a sort of rival of his, Alex Ferguson, who obviously he took the United to like Premier League titles, uh, two European Cups in particular. But I hadn't realised the kind of impact that he'd had in Scotland too, like as a, hey. a team manager. He won Cup, Cup Winners' Cup, beating Real Madrid in the final. I know. Um, two league titles. So it was like the, the duopoly, is it? And it's two, two yeah. teams that dominate. And so, yeah, that, that, that's that's an incredible thing as well in Scotland, really. So 
Um, I remember some footage of him. They just won one of the uh, like the equivalent of the Scottish FA Cup final. They'd won one nil Aberdeen, and they interviewed Ferguson on the pitch, and it was obviously a young Ferguson, and he was red as a beetroot, and he was so angry about how Aberdeen had played. Right. Yeah. And it always, I mean, I saw this footage later on in life, but it always amazed me the passion that he wanted the team to play well as well. And he wasn't happy they'd won the, the, the FA Cup in Scotland. He was pissed because they played poorly. One of my favourites, though, is the, the tales that are told after Cantona gets sent off at Crystal Palace. Right. Kicking like one of their supporters. I can't remember what the score was, but... All the players, in fact, I think they must have lost. And all of the other United players were like, usually they get the, the sort of hair dryer. And they thought, well, we can sit back and relax because, you know, all yeah. the fire is going to be at Canton half getting himself there. <laughs> so apparently, but <laughs> Ferguson comes in, picks out every last individual player, like, say, you, what were you doing at the corner? Like, like, like absolutely, you know, like chewing them out. And yeah. then Canton out, and he goes, you, you can't be doing that, son. You just. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant, love it. But Fergie's definitely got to be up there, man. What, what, you know, and with Wenger as well, over 20, well, 24, 25, 26 years, both of them respectively at the clubs. You won't see that again, I don't think. So okay. bring me to my next one. It's got to be, I want to say Alf Ramsey because he won the World Cup for England, but yeah. I have to go to Brian Clough, the man who never managed England. Yeah. And we'll never know. Although I am sat on the fence a little bit because he, even though Spurs won the Cup in 91, he went down in my estimations because he didn't come on for extra time and pep the players up a little bit. But then, do you not remember that? It was a big moment because he'd never won the FA Cup, Brian Clough. And the game was 1-1. Obviously, there's the Paul Gascoigne final when he did his knee in. The game finished the 90 minutes. So all the players sort of congregate on the pitch. The coaches come over, a little pep talk, a little drink, maybe a halftime orange. <laughs> he just sat on the bench and didn't say a word to them. He let right. his um, number two do it. And that was the only thing I didn't like. From Brian Clough's career, but apart from that, yeah, you got to look at it. And well, his whole Nottingham Forest, Derby County, he won European Cup. What a great manager! <laughs> no one had heard of Derby County at that point, really. And um, he won the first division title with them, and then did it with Forest. And he actually won more European Cups than he did with with Forest than he did domestic titles. With them. I know, ridiculous, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, well, he, he rated himself into you. Oh, so, yeah. I'm not saying I'm the best manager in the world, but I'm certainly in the top one. Yeah. <laughs> so he definitely rated himself. Bill Shankly's a great one as well, yeah. Bill Shankly. But what I am, I, I'm going to sort of shake it up a little bit. Uh, we've not had a, a, a manager from a foreign field. So, although we have had Scotland, I suppose. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to go with Rhinus Michels. Yeah. Uh, total football. He made players train in different positions so that they knew everybody's role and what that meant. He, that was the big thing coming out of Holland at the time, wasn't it? That every person on the pitch would play in the position. So it was called total football. I remember Ruud Hullett, I was reading a piece with him and talking about it, that they were so technically gifted because they did play at left back, right back, centre half. They knew how to play football and play it out from the back and stuff. And Yeah, he won the Dutch league four times and then won the uh, Spanish league as well. Won a European Cup there too. Um, and then took Holland, first of all, to the 74 World Cup final, which, I mean, they lost that, but then mm -hmm. won with a great uh, team, uh, a great Dutch team in the Euros of 88. Yeah, all concrete. Yeah. We talked a little bit about that last, last week, didn't we? So, yeah, yeah he was so he's definitely got to be up there, definitely. Guardiola, a little mention for him as well. 
Great manager. If he wins the European Cup with Manchester City, which is probably going to be very unlikely now with the Champions League because of their ban. Yeah, you got to put him up there as a great manager as well. I mean, very fortunate with the teams he has. And yeah, can he do it at Macclesfield on a Wednesday night? That's uh, that's always oh, cool. Oh, yeah, who are we going for then? So we're going to say Wenger, Brian Clough, Fergie, Arena Michaels, yeah? I think that's good enough. We'll, uh, we'll uh, take a quick break there and then we'll actually preview a little bit of football. We won't spend too long, I don't think, on it, but we'll come back with uh, Bundesliga previews. Indeed we will. All right. So, in fact, I've got some football to look forward to this weekend. I'm actually really looking forward to it, I've got to say. So, I, I'm not sure. I, I think that Bluefoot said that they were trying to organise some kind of viewing party. I mean, not... Now, what it is, um, I got asked to put out the... Um... Just to promote that the game's going to be actually on. Do, 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 do. I know the Bayern Munich people are doing a little Zoom party. We might do one. It's all to do with the supporters group. The Bluefoot are doing nothing about it at this junction. Yeah, so, I think there might be a couple of viewing parties. The people in the know will know, though. So, yeah. Yeah, watch this space and we'll, we'll try and figure that out if that's actually going to happen. Previously in the Bundesliga, Bayern Munich were four points ahead of Borussia Dortmund on 55 points um, and Leipzig a third. One point behind Borussia Dortmund uh, with Borussia Mönchengladbach in fourth place. There you go. Seems like a lifetime ago, this. Yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty tight. The, the, uh, there's only six points that separate those four clubs. Yep. So, um, and there's some, some actually big games. The first live game, I think, that's going to be on uh, Fox Sports this weekend is the Borussia Dortmund Schalke game, which is huge, really. 6.30. Also at 6.30 is uh, Leipzig versus Freiburg in third place there as well. I think that's on uh, TUDN as well. Okay. Watch that game. Then the late game on Saturday is Eintracht Frankfurt versus Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, on Sunday, Cologne versus Mainz. And then late game on Sunday at 9am is Union Berlin versus Bayern Munich. There's actually an also, there's also a game on Monday... Which, Much to the dismay of the German fans, they hate Monday games, apparently. That's right. It's true, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is at 11.30 on Monday. It's Werder Brennan versus um, Bayer Leverkusen. Three days of footy. And also, there's the potential for uh, two American players to be up against each other. Uh, Schalke, they've got McKenney playing in the centre of midfield for them. And yeah. you've got uh, Gio Reyna. Reyna, yeah. Who might come on as sub. He's been used and brought into the team more and more just recently, so hopefully it cool. might be a, a fun thing. Yeah, nice to have some footy back. Yeah, and I'm already getting excited. I'm thinking about Harlan playing, see if he can continue his streak in front of goals. So, yeah, should be... Is it Sancho? Sancho, yeah. Jaden. Yeah, Sancho, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, should be um, good fun. Yeah, looking forward to it, yeah. Much to my wife's dismay, I have to say, because it's a day off Saturday. Oh. <laughs> I told her this morning I'll be getting up at 6 o'clock to watch games, and she was like, really, we're back to that again. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I'll have to close the bedroom door, I think. I don't think she'll be getting up with me. Maybe uh, for the later games, obviously, but yeah. Right. I'm looking for the Dortmund Schalke games, the one I'm really looking forward to because. Yeah, should be good. Yeah, I, I, I like Haaland and I like. Yeah, I like, I like the teams. Yeah, I think it should be good. I've got my Schalke scarf, by the way. But um, I've decided because I have the Schalke scarf that I'm good. the remainder of this season only. Okay. <laughs> yes, there you go. Resplendent in your Schalke scarf. There you go. Cool. Uh, unless, unless they're playing Spurs, obviously, or Chelsea. And, um, <laughs> it'll be good to do some Zoom conversations with Martin, Kim, and everybody, the whole sort of German crew. Yeah. 
Um, we are taking a weekend off trivia-wise on uh, Saturday, but we will be back the following weekend. I've got a good question for you, though, I hear today on the radio. Who, who's the only Englishman to win the, 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 the title in four different countries? Only Englishman? Yeah. In four different... Right, okay. Um, David Beckham? Yeah. <laughs> Can you name them? <laughs> yeah. A, a PSG, uh, Inter, uh, AC. Galaxy. AC Milan. Oh, AC Milan. Big pardon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good question, though. I wish I'd... Uh, yeah, maybe I'll uh, edit that one out. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know when you're doing that trivia, because I'll be straight on it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, get in touch, especially with your managers that we've missed out. I mean, honestly, I can't believe that Sarsen Wenger's been included, uh, and I wasn't the one to do no, it. No, I feel really dirty as well. <laughs> but I did give him that, that little little kick about things you don't see in football with the Champions League thing. So, but yeah, so I redeem myself with that one. Absolutely. I'm sure you'll be allowed back at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, yeah, we're on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play uh, for all previous podcasts. And thank you to all those people that have uh, rated and reviewed. And if you're so inclined, please do so uh, um, as well. Yeah, tell some pals. And thank you to David Sankster, who, as ever, uh, supplies our theme tune and the outro that you're about to hear. Give him a follow on at 1in20Parkinson's. And, uh, yeah, show your appreciation online to bartenders um, at footbar.com. Uh, you can virtually tip there. And also the T-shirts. I think uh, lots of people were receiving theirs over the past few days, which is good fun. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you, everybody, for the purchasing of them. Uh, that'll do us, I think. Thank you, dear listener. And uh, let's do this again next Thursday. Bye! Oh, there you go. That's more like it. That's, uh... <laughs>